0: The Act Two Podcast, a podcast for the real-life working screenwriter. I'm Tasha Hugh.
1: And I am Josh Hallman.
0: And as a reminder, Act Two is a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter, of which this podcast is just one of our many initiatives. So thank you for joining us here. And please remember to subscribe to the podcast. Otherwise, you will miss out on our awesome upcoming topics, interviews with blacklist writers and agents and producers and all the things. Yeah. Give us a rating. Write a comment. That's also helpful.
1: Very helpful. Uh,
0: you can also DM us with questions, topic suggestions. You just want to say hi. You can do that at Act Two Writers at gmail.com, all spelled out, or on our Instagram and Twitter at Act Two Writers.
1: I love our emails.
0: Uh, I'm I, I love just, them just too. Cutting you off
1: left and right here, but I know
0: it's 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 justifiable. Yeah, you guys are great. <laughs> um you can also find me Tasha on Instagram at Story Thursday or Twitter at tasha3.0.
1: And I'm Joshua Hallman on Twitter, Josh Hallman on Instagram. Coming into 2023, I told myself I'd I'd be better on social media. I've drifted yeah. away and now I'm coming what back. What is
0: better to you? Be- is better better more consistent? Yeah, just more
1: active. Just hmm. sometimes I miss messages and sometimes I don't read certain things. I just go away for a while, but I want to come back.
0: Yeah. You're the only person I message on Twitter. You're the
1: only person I message on Twitter.
0: (laughs) And Instagram, I think. (laughs) It's just you and Paul. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's right. I'll be like, hey guys, check this out. And then we'll just, I'll like text you and Paul the same thing I like tweet to (laughs) you and Paul.
0: (laughs) Well, today we're talking about the skills that you need as a screenwriter that are not writing. Mm. But first, I think we want to get into uh, this week in writing.
1: That's right, Tasha. That's a good handoff right there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Oscars, the uh, mm. list was announced and I just have some thoughts. Okay. As I'm saying this, what if we do an Oscar pool? An act two Oscar yes. pool?
0: Yes. Yes, the answer is yes.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not hard to convince, doing it.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. Well, moving on then. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, awesome, we did it. <laughs> Maverick, nominated for Best Picture. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Tom Cruise, not nominated for Best Actor. Mm. Some bullshit.
0: Mm.
1: What? What? And then I don't think the director of Maverick was nominated.
0: Uh, No. Some bullshit. No, he was not. How are you going to get
1: nominated for Best Picture, not Best Director?
0: That's always the question, though. I feel like that happens a lot. And... really confusing the oscars are stupid
1: <laughs> the oscars are stupid and then but awesome at the same time
0: i know we all want one but they're all always stupid i know
1: i have such a just a difficult relationship with award shows and i don't let me i'm just now i'm gonna just go on a soapbox here yeah. i don't like that the award shows make fun of themselves at this point
0: oh interesting
1: i don't i get it i understand it's an award show but if we're doing an award show and we're having an award show, just lean into the award show. That's all.
0: You don't want them to be self-aware.
1: I like it's fine to be self-aware, but you know when sometimes people are just knocking like how stupid award shows are at the award show? Yeah. Mm. It it makes you as a viewer it's like if you wrote a screenplay and you comment about how silly your own screenplay is in the screenplay. Yeah. You're like, well, why am right. I reading this? What are-?
0: Exactly. I agree. I feel like it's because we've lost confidence with awards, award shows. And so there is a lack of confidence from people who are up there on stage, I think. Like, this is silly, but I'm so excited I have this, but this is silly. And this is not a benchmark for my talent and abilities. It's just an award show that's so arbitrary and made up. And I mean, I definitely was in college when i lost faith with the oscars oh there was just like there was just like several years in a row where the people who should have won absolutely did not win and it was clear that whoever was choosing them was of was like disconnected yeah. from the rest of the world and i was like oh this award show is fake because i always thought the oscars were literally like like this 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 was like this was basically like god yeah. saying these are the objectively the best movies and directors and actors of all time. And then you realize it's like growing up and suddenly the veil is lifted.
1: Yeah, you're right. This is tricky. This is tricky. So anyway.
0: That being said, though, I want everything everywhere all at once to win everything.
1: Even Best Picture over Maverick? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I love, we all know how much I love Maverick, okay? We all know Tasha has seen Maverick like five times in theaters, but it should not win Best Picture. Well, why not? It is a fun movie, and that is all that it is.
1: This episode right now is changing into why Maverick should be Best Picture.
0: It's now a breakdown episode of Maverick. I've realized that every
1: year there's like a Tom Cruise movie, and like when a Mission Impossible Impossible comes out, I'm like... That should be the best picture. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they need like an action, action movie award show.
1: They need an action movie. They need horror films should probably be nominated. Comedies oh, are yeah. never nominated. Yeah, it's true. I once saw this article about something about Mary and how it was. Yeah. I mean, this is like a long time ago. If you haven't seen there's something about Mary, it's uh, probably pretty bad now in the sense of cancellation however
0: yeah it was bad then it
1: was bad then no was it no it was i thought so oh okay well then let's move on from this
0: (laughs) (laughs) were you about to say it's like the greatest movie of all time
1: (laughs) it's a very funny movie i once read an uh, article about why it should have been nominated for an academy award and i I was like you know what you're right it should be (laughs) so anyway i don't know i just have Right, we're, I'm going to bring up the Oscars, Oscars again in the next couple weeks. I'm sure.
0: I mean, when it really comes up, and we do our Oscar pool, we can we can have a an Oscar episode.
1: Ooh, I like that. And then, um, yeah, when we get nominated for Oscars, that'll be the most important thing ever. I'll be like, this has never <laughs> been <laughs> unimportant.
0: Yeah, <laughs> this is definitely God telling me.
1: <laughs> so those are my Oscar things.
0: Okay. Well, should we get into it then?
1: Yeah, if, I guess if we're- I
0: feel like you're still upset about Oscars. <laughs> if you want to bring it up as we go, you can.
1: <laughs> and then Austin Butler. No, just, yeah, 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 okay.
0: I, yeah, we, by the way, I, this year I'm like, I am going to see all of the Oscar movies, which I haven't in a long time since I lost faith with the Oscars. Mm. But I'm like, I'm going to do it because it's an educational experience. You have to just, these are ob- objectively great movies. I mean, regardless. I agree. But then Paul was like, does that mean we have to see Elvis? And I was like, oh.
1: <sighs> Oh my I'm God! Skip that one. You haven't seen Elvis? I lo-
0: oh yeah, you, you love, Elvis. love. Elvis. I love
1: Elvis. It caught me off guard. I'm not so just real quickly. I I watched it, and I was kind of I went in a little skeptical, and then I was it was one of those things where I was like an hour in, and I was like, mm-hmm. Whoa, I'm really into this movie. Like I need to know what's happening, and I went and then I finished it, and I even went down a Elvis rabbit hole. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. Yeah,
1: it was awesome. So I definitely, if that's the movie that you haven't seen out of the Oscars, uh, the best pictures, mm-hmm.
0: then is Boz Lerman nominated?
1: He should be if his best picture is. Let's.
0: I. I. I we
1: need to get to the freaking bottom of this. <laughs> of if you're a best picture, you should probably have a best director and best cinematographer and best writer. But then,
0: but then, doesn't that ju- that just like that conflates all of the? Categories, because now just automatically a best picture is going to get a best director. Yeah, and maybe that's not always true.
1: No, I agree.
0: um Can I just say that over the holidays, when my when my grandmother was here, we were like, oh no, what are we going to do with grandma while we're doing these other things? And no, by the way, Buzzlerman is not nominated. But we, were, my mom was like, oh, just put her in front of Elvis. She loves that movie so much. Oh. and so we we put her in front of Elvis, and then I go and check in on her. 10 minutes later, not even, she's just weeping, weeping on the couch. Really? (laughs) Watching
1: Elvis. Wow.
0: So yeah, this is an emotional, okay, maybe I'll just suck it up and see it. How
1: You dismissed your grandmother's feelings for Elvis and you wouldn't even see it? You should have sat down next to her and been like, I'll cry with you. (laughs) (laughs) Sob with me. Okay, let's jump in.
0: Skills you need as a screenwriter that are not screenwriting. Okay. This is in no particular order, but public speaking. Okay. Extremely important. So I'm going to tell a little story. Oh. I think each of these come with a little story. Uh, I graduated from Boston University. They have a really great BU in LA program out here in Los Angeles. And a few years ago, I went and I judged this pitch fest. And afterwards, I asked one of the teachers, hey, like are you finally teaching pitching now to these kids? Because you didn't teach it when I was there. And he said, no, we don't really focus on it at all because, and I quote, I've talked to some producers and they said pitches aren't really done anymore. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) And I just want to say that because this is not just a BU problem. It's a film school-wide problem. So if anyone is telling you that pitching and verbal storytelling is not part of the business – And you don't need to learn it because maybe the business has moved on or really it's just about the spec sale. Do not listen to them. Even if they say producers told them so, those producers don't know what they're talking about. You have to absolutely pitch for literally every thing you do in this job. For example, right now I was submitted a script to rewrite. I'm going to have to pitch my take on that just to even get that job. Right now I'm running a TV show at Amazon. I have to pitch the Amazon execs what story I'm telling. In the writer's room, if you're ever in a TV show, you have to pitch ideas and stories every single day in order to create television. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee in generals, Josh is always having to pitch even like a one to two minute log line of what you're working on. When when someone says, Hey, what do you got going going on in your life? It's true. So Literally every stage of your career for every single type of screenwriting job you're going to try to get, you'll need to pitch. Um, we're not going to talk about pitching here. We have a Pitching is Terrible series that you should go look at if you want to talk to us more about like how to pitch a good story. But the flip side of that, as far as skills unrelated to writing, is the public speaking aspect of pitching, which I think is incredibly important. So if you've ever taken theater or like Josh... Improv or public speaking. Did someone
1: say segcart?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know that they teach all of these skills, and they all apply to being a professional screenwriter. For example, this is the most common public speaking error I see from writers. Like if I said, "Hey, Josh, that action set piece that you want to write in your uh, second act, can you tell me what it is?" and what if Josh responded like, well, you know, Jim jumps in the car and he leads a car chase through the streets and um, he like swerves and crashes into an ice cream truck and stuff like that. And then um, he jumps off a dock into the water and the car becomes a boat. And now he's going around boat traffic and things like that.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, like,
0: what's the problem with that
1: pitch? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's not specific
0: it's not specific
1: yeah i yeah i mean i would probably want a little know a little bit more
0: exactly you come away from that being well what it what is that actually like it's such a general action set piece it could be anything and to me this hammers home why public speaking is so important because um things like that stuff like that that's all like saying those things, it's all filler. You're saying it because you're in the moment, you're thinking, and you kind of don't know what to say next, and it feels like you're saying something, but you're really not. Mm-hmm. And saying and things like that or and stuff like that is really common. I see it all the time as just a kind of a a verbal tick that writers have when they're when they're pitching. But it actually leads to more questions, because as Josh is saying, it's like, well, things like what? Are you skipping over the exciting details of the story because you don't know them? And suddenly, I'm over here listening to you, and I think that you don't have confidence in the story you're telling, and you actually don't know the details. And that's why you're saying and stuff like that. Also, the ums also create a lack of confidence. But because it's a verbal crutch, we use these things as filler when we're thinking in real time, which is why... The solve for this is something we talk about a lot on this podcast in the Pitching is Terrible series, which is to write a script of your pitch. Write it to the the actual (laughs) literal, like every joke you're going to tell, how you're going to tell it. Write a script of your pitch so that you're not filling it with these filler things. Mm -hmm. If it's a general and you know you're going to have to pitch your log line or like a very short one to two minute pitch of the ideas you're working on, write that out. Practice that so that you're not thrown off guard in the meeting. So that's sort of the public speaking part yeah. of this puzzle. I
1: just want to I I add on to this. I think a lot of times people are just terrified, ourselves included at moments, to just get up in front of people and talk.
0: Huh. It's the I, worst.
1: Well, I, you're amazing at pitching. And so I have this weird feeling that you love it deep down inside somewhere. No. and uh-uh. Because you're so good at it. I hate it.
0: I've I've had to teach myself.
1: Well, I was thinking about ways you can do it. If, For instance, if you don't have an opportunity to pitch in front of somebody, but you have a, a – meaning you if you're not doing a lot of pitches or you're in a moment where you're not doing a lot of generals, but you kind of have to keep that muscle, you know, strengthened. And so I feel like there are certain ways if you are – hanging out with friends, if you're in front of family, if you, you can find yourself in scenarios where you're like telling a story, putting yourself in this uncomfortable zone of publicly speaking on something where people are going to have to question what you're saying, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I, 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 I've, I guess I'm just adding on there. If, if you, cause I agree with you, you have to always prepare for pitches and generals and get, be prepared for that. But if you're like out having a couple drinks or you're with some friends, you're hanging out, you're at dinner, just break out a story, like some random story that you're just going to test on somebody a- and use it as material just to kind of like get over that hump of people just staring at you and not blinking mm-hmm. and being like, where is this going? Where is this That's yeah. That for me is where I start breaking down personally, where I'm like, totally. oh shit. They're disengaged. Uh-oh. If someone just looked at their phone, uh-oh, this happened, this happened, and then your brain just starts
0: totally. going. That's why I have a script because when people start doing that, I I just plow through. But I totally agree. And I and you can definitely hear the verbal ticks that you will have and need to fix when you're telling those stories just to friends and family. Yeah. Because it, it pops up there, especially there because you're usually thinking on the fly about the story you're telling, which means there's more time for you to be like, um, and then stuff like that. And, and things like this happen. Yeah. It's like, what happens there? You know, you'll be able to pinpoint maybe what your issues are that you need to start working on.
1: I, um, last thing on this is I knew an actor kind of still know him, but he used to print out articles from uh, like Washington post, New York times, any article. And he would just read the article out loud and he would just go over it over and over and over because for him it was helping him with auditions and he would then when he would get called into an audition he was better he was more prepared to read off of a of the page or read off script or whatever it is but it's things like that where you can always be that's so interesting i know little things
0: that's cool confidence is the number two thing on the list yeah my favorite another story time oh if you'll allow me okay uh recently (laughs) i rewrote a script by a pretty big writer. Like she's had a lot of massive, big budget studio movies come out in major franchises. What? But the script that I was hired to rewrite was not good, which is fine. Everyone has a hiccup.
1: Mm. Can you tell us I have her, plenty of scripts. her name and exactly what was wrong with the script?
0: <laughs> Where she lives. Yeah. Um, and then I was submitted more recently a script to rewrite by a completely different company, and it was the same writer. And the script was also not good for all of the same reasons. So I was like, oh, okay, this is just how this person writes. And I happened to be talking to another writer about this, and I mentioned her name. And he goes, Oh, I know her. <laughs> and he kind of laughed. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to know, I need to know about her right now. And it- <sighs> I feel very petty telling this story, but it's one of these cases that you and I talk about, Josh, a lot that I know writers just always talk about, which is how is this person getting the work, right? Mm-hmm. And getting, a, in particular, these huge franchises, especially when it feels like producers are seemingly continuously needing to hire new writers to clean up their messes. So my friend said, this this writer, that he had, he had met her just, just once, but it was in a room. And uh, like a, a writer's room, and said that she was super confident, really charismatic, and when she pitched something, it sounded really good because it sounded like she believed in it. Mm. But if you poked holes in it, she didn't have answers so the her but her first response came came across as very confident and To me, this is a story as old as time. We hear it all the time as writers, and I think it flabbergasts us every time we hear it, but there are writers who continue to get work based off of their confidence. That is a really huge part of our business and how we present ourselves and how we continue to get work. And why this is important from a business sense if you flip the POV is because if I'm a producer or studio and I am putting millions of dollars into a movie or a TV show and I'm going to spend years of my life producing it, I need to feel confident that this movie or show is going to be good. And that starts from the writer. If I leave a meeting with a writer and she is confident as fuck that this movie is going to be good, she is going to kill it and she knows exactly what this is going to be, now I'm confident. And I'm going to go to my boss and be confident that I am investing my money and my time wisely. Mm -hmm. So the lesson here is... Can we just magically be confident? No, of course not. This takes work. You have to work on it. But that's the piece of this puzzle and why we're talking about it is that this is a skill you really do have to hone if you are not naturally confident like me. (laughs) Um, Like you have to work on your public speaking. You have to work on your writing. You have to work on your confidence. And one way that I would recommend doing this is that you can and should write a letter to yourself or make a bullet pointed list, whichever works best for you, where you are saying, Hey, Josh, dear Josh, yeah. <laughs> you are so good at, um, writing characters and your action sequences are always really original. And you put a lot of research and time into figuring out, um, you know, the spy craft and the action that goes behind these action scenes, uh, that producer, So-and-so once told me that of all the writers he's ever worked with, I take notes the best. Um, I pitched on that difficult property, and I was one of two writers who, who was up for the job. And maybe I didn't get the job, but still, being one of two left standing, that's pretty impressive. So the point being is... Be realistic and write down these facts, these objective facts about your abilities, about your experiences, so that when you are not feeling confident, maybe right before a pitch or right before a general meeting or any number of the millions of meetings you will have to take, you can just open this on your desktop and reread it to yourself. And what helps me is not to say I'm really good at writing character. Because in my bad moments, in my weak moments, when I'm not confident, I will read that in a letter or a bullet pointed list and think, yeah, you are. You're really bad at writing, writing character. And here's all the proof in my head of where you failed at writing character. (laughs) So for me, what helps in these letters and lists is not to say I'm really good at writing character, but to say, my manager once told me this exact quote about how I'm good at writing characters or so-and-so once, once told me, because that's someone else's opinion. And I can't argue that it's, it's a fact that's now on paper. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you do this, I I think that, I mean, that helps me. I think it will help you start to build this muscle.
1: I love that. I don't even have anything else to say to that. That was beautiful. (laughs) You know, but the thing, the tricky thing is it's so crazy that we keep, we always talk about this because in this industry, we just get beat down so often. Uh, on like major scales where it's you know something big to a small thing where it's just like I don't like the names of your characters and or like these little things yeah. just kind of add up, and it's you, you, I love what you just said and just you have to remind yourself of what you're good at because there's so much self doubt pops into your brain at so many times and you're just like what? what am I doing like what yeah I don't understand I am I just fooling everybody am I you know and then you start going down <laughs> that road and. Yeah, maybe you are, but just be confident if you are. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, that kind of leads into resilience a little bit if you want to talk about that one.
1: Yeah, yeah, that does. That's a perfect uh, transition. Yes, resilience is. Uh, I, I feel like this is like one of the key things you need as a writer, like as as a screenwriter at the core, because of the things we've talked about. You're going to get shit on time and time again. People are going to criticize everything you do. People aren't going to like your stories, and People, you're going to get notes for the first time and they're going to suck. You're going to be beat down. That's just what the industry is. Even when you have things going, you're going to get beat down again. And, um, you know, even like, I don't know if this happens to you, but if you're in a room, for instance, and like all the writers disagree with you. So, like for whatever, like an idea and you're like, wow, okay, maybe I'm wrong. You just, it's, those things just add up. It's like a weight on your back that until you're like on the brink of crumbling and you just kind of have to get past it and hit the reset button and come back and, and just, and just keep doing your thing.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Resilience is a good, is a good skill to have. And I guess it goes back to the reminder that it's happening to everyone.
1: It, yeah. 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 That is, yeah, it is. It is happening to everyone. We can all relate at any level. That's what's so weird about maybe this industry, this definite career path. But like everyone has the same like understanding of pain to a certain mm-hmm. extent. Some are higher, some are lower, but everyone kind of starts in the you know, and you you things happen that the majority of all of us can relate to. Yeah. Projects falling apart. And it's
0: hard to just say, hey, have resilience. But I think that that's the piece that is maybe something that can be worked on is every time you feel down because you've gotten rejection or someone has been cruel to you in some way or things just aren't working out, just sit back, remind yourself every time this has happened to even the greats. Yeah, We have uh, on our Act 2 writers shop – our store. Yeah. We have rejection letters from very famous people that have been rejected in their lifetimes. And it's on like tote bags mm-hmm. and notebooks. And those are there for this exact conversation to remind us that even even the best have been rejected.
1: Yeah. And it, you, you, you do have to kind of re- remind yourself of the little steps you're taking. Even if that comes at on the, on the scale of you submit your script to the blacklist and last year you got threes this year you got sevens and eights like those little things help those are needed as screenwriters and then that can go all the way to you know uh this one script got passed on by everyone and now it's sold six years later you know things like that So true you just i don't know man just gotta stick with it
0: (laughs) Just so you know, Josh was just staring in the middle distance just I mean, a thousand-yard stare.
1: I guess the last example of this is like, what if Tom Cruise turned his back in Maverick on the group that he was training?
0: <laughs> he did it, did he? He was resilient.
1: Fucking resilient. He was pushed down by everybody. They're like you're going to you're a fossil, you're out. You're done. You're done. He's like not yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: All right, next one, people <laughs> skills. <laughs> All right, we very much imagine a screenwriting career is just us happily typing away in an isolated room or in the corner of Starbucks, just creating stories with ourselves. And sometimes that is what a screenwriting career is and it's glorious, but a huge majority of our jobs is dealing with other people. Producers, directors, studio executives, financiers, actors, other writers, especially if you're in a writer's room. And you'll be dealing with these people in both work scenarios, like general meetings, pitches, problem-solving meetings, production meetings, notes meetings, budget meetings, when everything is on a fire and going wrong meetings. Mm-hmm. So a variety of different emotions going into those. And you'll also be dealing with these people in social scenarios, like drinks, dinner, parties, screenings. So people skills are a huge part of what will make other people want to work with you because they will leave those meetings thinking, man, Josh Hallman is so fun to work with. He is such a great problem solver. He's so thoughtful. Mm. He makes me feel heard. He's so kind and so funny. He's all of the things wow. that make me want to work with him again. I,
1: I want to work with him.
0: <laughs> but if you're an introvert like me and you get nervous around people, then this is something you should work on as actively as you work on other things. I think I am super awkward. (laughs) Um, And honestly, for me, it's just been about practicing people's skills. So how do you do that? You have as many meetings as you can, drinks, lunches, take people out to coffees, going to networking events. All of these things terrify me. I hate them. But by doing it anyway, you learn more and more how to talk to these people who are in our business, what works, what doesn't. And we've talked a lot of this podcast about all the times I have failed at talking to people and embarrassed myself <laughs> so bad.
1: <laughs> um, I, I just, I was just reminded of a story, a Tasha story.
0: The actor one?
1: Oh, a different Tasha story. <laughs>
0: Yeah. See, see, there are multiple stories. <laughs> no, no,
1: no. Just real quick, real quick. We've brought this up on the podcast before, and I don't even know if this falls into people skills, but I'm just going to bring this up real quick. Oh no! <laughs> I just started to work at a WeWork.
0: Oh no! I got, I got
1: a great deal at WeWork. It was like a hundred dollars a month. I don't know how it happened. Then Dave started to work at WeWork. We're like, Tasha, you should start working at WeWork. So you come into the WeWork. I introduce you to the manager. I walk away as I'm I think I said to you, just do not tell him that I've been given a deal. Let's see if it I can happen. One we, I had one rule. I had one rule. One thing. I went to the bathroom. I come back and, I, and like you're gone. And then you come up and you're like, I told him how much, I told him everything. <laughs> I was like, what? what are you talking about? I don't know if this is a people skills thing, but it just, when you were saying that, I was like... God damn
0: it! It's a people skills thing. It's, I got, I panicked. You panicked because he was like, "I'm not, I'm not gonna. You're, you're gonna pay three hundred dollars a month." Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, but could I, could I maybe, not?" And he's like, "No, that, that's our, that's as low as we can go." And I was like, "Well, well, Josh is paying this." <laughs> no. <laughs> I panicked.
1: <laughs> yeah, people skills got us off track there.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, people skills are important. And they can be worked on. I think that's the big thing is they can be worked on. It's just scary. And unfortunately, that's the advice is even if it scares you, go to those meetings anyways, take people out to drinks and lunches. As an assistant, I did that all the time, Mm -hmm. even though I hated it. And I learned every time just like how to talk to people better, particularly as it it pertains to this industry, right? Because there's a certain language we all have, a certain... Um, sort of back and forth exchange that happens in this industry and building those muscles becomes really important and will help you get work and keep you working.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. And it, it's, it's nuts because I, I'm of the mindset that you do have to kind of put on, like, you're, like everyone knows everybody. Like, so you kind of, you can't be a dick consistently oh, to yeah. people, I'm not saying to like fake who you are, but at the same point, you have to be aware that if you're, you're public, persona. That's so
0: true. That everyone knows everyone. Every story will get around eventually.
1: Yeah. It's just like if someone's just always in a bad mood, you don't want to be around that person. You're like, I
0: don't know. Yeah. I
1: don't like this person's a dick. They make fun of me. They're this They're that.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: People skills, man. So important.
0: So important. Another thing that's important, Joshua, mm-hmm. is organization. Yeah. So what does that mean? And- How wide scoping is that? Uh, I think it includes keeping a calendar because you will have meetings constantly in this business for everything. A 10 minute call over here and a four hour long production meeting over there. Yum, you gotta keep a calendar right now. (laughs) I say start practicing this skill if you don't have it already. And you can just put dinner in with your friends that you have. Put that in the calendar. Mm -hmm. Start throwing in like when you're going to the gym, whatever kind of normal stuff you're doing in your day, start building the skill of I need to keep a calendar of what I'm doing because I've definitely known people who are just like, "Eh, I think I got something on Friday. I'm just not really sure. Hmm. Oh, well, I'm sure it'll come up. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) That
1: used to be me, by the way.
0: Yeah. Oh, gosh. I can't imagine that now. No,
1: that's like a different version. Yeah. You know what? Maybe what I always knew exactly what was going on. I never really forgot anything.
0: It's all in here.
1: It was just all up in the brain.
0: Another part of organization is keeping a schedule of, and we've talked about this, I think, at length in a a dedicated episode, but keeping a schedule of all the things you have to work on, like a to-do list, basically, of what you have to work on and when is it due. Learning how to do that is very key Mm -hmm. because... You will always be asked by producers, hey, when do you think you can get that outline done? Yeah. When do you think your script will be done? And if you you have no idea how long it takes you to write something or how long this particular thing will take you to write, if you're just like oh, two weeks and it takes you four, now you're the writer who delivers things late. Yeah. And that's looked down upon poorly. So <laughs> learning how to keep a schedule of yourself and knowing what your pace looks like becomes very important. So start paying attention. Start uh, outlining your stuff. And when you're outlining a script, attach dates to the scenes. How long is it going to take you to write this scene? Sometimes one scene, you know, is going to take you three days to write. It's just a tough, tough scene. Then give yourself three days for that scene. Right. So like learning, start practicing that now with your own outlines so that when you do get the question, you're like, Oh, like, let me just, you know, I'll figure that out tonight. You know, I'll go through my outline tonight, or I already know how long it's going to take me to write a full-length screenplay. So that becomes important. Also like filing your documents in a way that makes sense and are easy to find on your computer. We've actually done a whole episode <laughs> on how to organize your your documents and label them properly. Yeah. That becomes very important because hey, if producers are like, you know what, like let's go back to that, you know, that draft five times ago that had the character as a woman instead of a man. And you're like, oh shit, where is that version? I don't know. Well if you organize yourself properly, you will know. Yeah. Um, also keeping notebooks that are labeled, easy to find stuff like that. And if you don't have a method of organizing yourself currently, just start thinking of what works best for your brain. Start doing that. You can Google this even of like, you just Google like organization methods, organization methods for writers, just finding the method that works best for you as long as it works.
1: Yeah. Also following up with people. I don't know if this falls into organiz- organization. It's kind of like follow-up might be its own skill, but I think it's yeah. like, the reason I say organization is because you meet, I meet Tasha. I'm like, oh my God, that was great. I'm going to now put in my calendar that I'm going to follow up with her in one month from right now just to check in on X, Y, and Z.
0: Yeah, that's a great idea. I don't do that. That's great.
1: Oh, I don't do it either. <laughs> <laughs> but I always tell myself I should. That's, I, do, I do sometimes. There's not everyone.
0: Only the cool people.
1: Only the cool people.
0: The last thing is have a short memory.
1: Boom. This this is like the the cousin to resilience, I feel like. Just you just gotta move on. Everything you just I I almost feel like even with victory and failure, mm-hmm. you don't you, you celebrate the victories, but you don't like linger on the victories and like you gotta move on to the next thing. Yeah. How bad is that? That sounds really unhealthy
0: failure it is i just think of all the times someone has been like ah oh, you know we're going to give you the job and i'm like okay and they're like you don't sound happy i'm like yeah well cuz it's not done yet <laughs> <laughs> it's not real
1: <laughs> i i was once on a zoom with you and dave and we were in a writers group when you got a phone call about getting a job and you text dave and i off to the side cuz we were in we were on like with a couple other people you're like i got the job we we're like what and you just went through the entire writers group like nothing happened (laughs) and then i was like
0: i don't remember that i
1: was like what i I, i'm sure dave remembers it Uh, because what was it for tomb raider
0: (laughs) (laughs) you mean my dream project (laughs) i didn't want to say it
1: yeah like the biggest thing that's ever happened to you we were like and then like you just proceeded to deliver notes and go on and it was like i don't want to say you were like uh like a serial killer but, but it was like someone who just did something you were you were just like in a mindset where you were like time to move on <laughs> yeah. like it ha- great the greatest thing ever just happened to me but I'm not going to think about it
0: it's true that's the call in particular where the producer's like Tasha did you hear me? <laughs> I was like yeah he's like well you don't sound excited <laughs> I was like, well I am <laughs> <laughs>
1: I remember. You're the like, deal's
0: not closed yet, so. Took, yeah, I
1: got. you took the call, and then you're like, I got the job. And I remember being like, wait, what? <laughs> what job? What the fuck are you talking about? And you, <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. Well, anyway, where it pertains to failure, which is probably the more important aspect of this, you have to have a short memory. Not only failure, but people just always coming in with some kind of note that's going to throw you off course that's all
0: all right well that is our skills we feel like you need that are not writing in order to have a writing career if any other things come up for you or questions about that let us know we might have missed a couple things but those are the main things that that we feel like Mm -hmm. are important Mm -hmm. so quote of the day what transforms an anecdote into a story is escalation. George Saunders. <laughs> Please remember to rate and subscribe. Follow us at 2 Writers for more awesome writing stuff. You can follow me Tasha at Story Thursday on Instagram or on Twitter at Tasha3.0. And
1: I'm Joshua Hallman on Twitter, Josh Hallman on Instagram.
0: And as always, the Act Two Podcast is a production of Act Two, a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter. This episode was edited by Paul Lundquist, music by 414 Bag, which you can find on Spotify.